I think that we're all wrapped up in the power of the story. I don't know what you guys did on Sunday. Maybe some of you watched This Is Us. But I'm sure many of you watched the Super Bowl. I'm not much of a football fan, actually. I don't have cable and I didn't watch it. But I couldn't help but hear about it, right? Social media and all the stuff. I was just inundated with it. So it was the New England Patriots against the Philadelphia Eagles. Would Tom Brady win another one and further cement his legacy as one of the greatest of all time? Or would there be an upset from the Eagles and would they win their first Super Bowl? You know how it ended. If you PVR'd it and you're waiting and you've been under a rock, sorry, the Eagles won. But there were many other stories that happened that night. Pink had the flu, but she still rose to the occasion and sang a beautiful rendition of the Star Spangled Banner. Justin Timberlake sang at halftime and some people thought it was amazing and some people thought there were sound issues, some loved it. Tom Brady, at the end of the match, when he lost, he didn't shake the other quarterback's hand. And some people felt like, wow, like, you know, in terms of someone who's so great, he kind of compromised his image. Kevin Hart was drunk, (laughs) right? So he's walking around and he's trying to get on the stage with the trophy. He gets strong-armed by one of the security guys. Then he goes off somewhere else on live TV and drops an F-bomb. So you've got all of these different stories that are happening. And that's not even to mention the million-dollar commercials that are telling us what is supposed to be relevant in this day and age. Whatever it is, We are all wrapped up in the power of the story. We get drawn in when people are so passionate about something that nothing else seems to matter. They're so hungry. They're so thirsty for something that they're able to block everything else out and power through. We see ourselves in that. We want to be like that. We want to rise to the occasion. We want to matter. We want to be part of something that's, that's bigger than ourselves. We want to be in the game and we want to win. And I'm sure that the woman at the well felt like that too. She wanted to matter. She wanted to be a part of something bigger than herself. She wanted to be a winner. But that's not how her story went. Some say she must have been a scandalous woman. Others say that she was unfortunate. Perhaps some of her husbands died, or perhaps they divorced her since it was so easy for a man to divorce a woman, but not so easy for a woman to divorce a man. Whatever the case, she's broken, she's sad, and she's alone. She comes to the well in the heat of the day, you know why, to avoid the gossip of the other women. She gathers her own water, maybe she's poor. Only on this day, Her story takes a dramatic turn. She's introduced to another character, but not just any character. It's the main character, Jesus, the main character of all stories. And immediately, her story twists and turns. He talks to her. Why would a man talk to a woman when in those days, men would not talk to women in public? Why would a Jewish man talk to a Samaritan woman or Samaritan at all when they don't like each other? Jesus asks her for a drink. 
and she scoffs. And then Jesus says, if you only knew the gift God has for you and who you are speaking to, you would ask me and I would give you living water. Living water. Those are some loaded words. They stand at the well that Jacob dug himself. She wonders what could be better than that story? What can be better than this well? She's only thinking on the surface level, but Jesus is on a whole different level. His story is so much bigger. Anyone who drinks this water will soon become thirsty again. But those who drink the water I give will never be thirsty again. It becomes a fresh, bubbling spring within them, giving them eternal life. Everyone is thirsty for something. She'd be thirsty for love, to be cherished, to belong, to have someone want her enough to be with her. But she hadn't found it. She goes back and forth with Jesus about some surface issues about worship, but Jesus keeps focused. The heart of the problem is the problem of the heart. Jesus chooses this moment, this woman, to reveal himself as Messiah for the first time more clearly than he ever had before. What would she do with that twist in the story? How would she respond? We're interrupted by the disciples bumbling back into the scene. They see Jesus talking to the woman and they know that he's not supposed to be talking to her. Men aren't supposed to talk to women. They know all this, but they're too scared to say anything. I now turn to you. I turn to us. We're all thirsty for something. But are you sure that it's the right thing? If you want to know what you're hungry for, if you want to know what you're thirsty for, think about what you spend your time on. What do you spend your money on? What do you do when no one is looking? Take our boy Kevin Hart, for example. Incredible success as a comedian. All the fame and fortune. But just last year, he was caught cheating on his pregnant wife. Why? Because he was still wanting more. He was still hungry, still thirsty. Everything he had wasn't enough to fulfill him. But I don't want to throw stones at other people. What about me? I grew up in a Christian family. I went to church my whole life. You know, I memorized the verses. I got baptized at seven. You know, went to retreats, mission trips, all of that. But living in this fallen world... I was caught in that tension of being drawn back and forth. I was rapping, I was acting, I had a girlfriend at York University where I attended, and I just fell in love with her. And then at the same time I was doing shows, and I met this girl, and the girl was helping me to put the show together, and then I fell in love with her. So then, you know, obviously I broke up with the one girl, and then started dating the other girl. No, I didn't. I tried to date both of them at the same time. And then there was another girl in the show, right, who I also liked. And then I thought to myself, okay, I'm smooth, but there's no way I can have three girls at the same time and two in the same show. And then something clicked. I'm a Christian at this time. Are you hearing me? 
And then something clicked to me and said, what, what planet are you on? Like, what's, what's happening now? And God started to convict me. You know, everybody is hungry for something. I was hungry for relationships, much like the, much like the woman in this story. And Jesus stands at this well, and he is speaking to us. He exposes what's in our lives. You know, it all came to a head. I was serving in my church. I'm helping out with the young people. I grew up in the church where we were the generation of the kids who started the church. So every time we did something, they made a pastor for us. When we were kids, we had a kids pastor. When we were youth, we had a youth pastor. When we were young adults, we had a young, young adults pastor. So we were growing up and we were doing well, right? So then I thought to myself, why doesn't someone just do for the next generation what they did for us? And God said, oh, what about you? I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Because I was busy rapping and chasing girls and being thirsty for the wrong things. I was either going to have to follow Jesus or follow my own path. My own friends had stopped coming to the shows because they saw that I wasn't living a life of integrity, that I was changing. What a shame to be a place where the living water stops. Think about a well or a pool. Imagine in your mind, there's a well and there's a pool, right? If you have living water, if you have like a, a stream or a lake or a river that's flowing into this pool, it's going to overflow, right? Why would it not overflow? Why wouldn't it overflow? What could, what could make it not overflow? It's blocked, Right? If there's living water flowing into a pool or a well, the only way it's not going to overflow is if it's blocked. So Jesus is flowing through my life, but he's not flowing out. Why not? Because he's blocked. Jesus stands at the well with us. He exposes the things that we feel give us life, but are really stagnant, stale water. If you want to have living water flowing through you, you have to get rid of what's blocking your life. I decided to read the Bible, the entire Bible, in a couple of months. And I was going to make a final decision for myself. I'm going to, you know, it's not my parents' faith. It's not my church's faith. It's going to be my faith. And there's a verse, Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and everything else will be added to you as well. And I took that literally. No more girls. I broke up the girl, with the girl from York University. I broke up with the girl from the play. Actually, no, I didn't. She broke up with me. But since I'm telling the story, that's how I'm going to remember it. <laughs> then the third, the third girl who was also in the show, I brought her over to my house and I said, you know what? Uh, I'm really trying to take God seriously, and so I'm not chasing any girls. I'm just really going to focus on Jesus. And that made her like me even more. But the irony is, you know, if she had really known me a month or two before, I was a totally different person. But God's grace and mercy was in my life just at the right time. So we ended up being friends. We ended up getting married. And 14 years later... Living water is still flowing through us. Yeah. 
It's at that time that I accepted my call to be a youth pastor. I, I visited a church called Cornerstone. I accepted a call to pastor there. And I've been a witness to God's living water flowing through them to me, through me to others and beyond. For the woman at the well, her fresh faith is bubbling over and spilling everywhere. It can't be contained. The story doesn't stop with her. She, ironically, who came to the well to get water, leaves her jug at the well and runs back to the village to talk to the people she was avoiding. She talks to them, they listen, they come back to hear about Jesus, and they start to follow him because they've experienced them themselves. Not just her story, now it's their story. If Jesus is flowing through you, it has to overflow. If, if Jesus is not flowing through you, if it's not overflowing, what's blocking you? What an amazing thing to be a part of the story where the main character is Jesus. That's not what society teaches us. Society teaches us that we are the main story. We're the main character and everyone else are, you know, just kind of our, our sub-characters. But what an amazing thing to matter, to have a role, to be a witness to God's greatness in action. What a blessing to have fresh, bubbling water with Jesus flowing through you. My prayer is that you wouldn't be the place where the living water stops. So we're going to end our time with just a little bit of silence. So I just want everyone to bow their heads, close their eyes, and I want you to allow Jesus to speak into your soul. Just in the quietness of your heart, I want you to literally ask Jesus, Jesus, is there anything stale in my life? Is there anything that's preventing your living water from flowing through me? Is there anything that I shouldn't be doing that I am doing? Is there anything that I should be doing that I'm not doing? Jesus, how can I be a channel through which your living water flows? Father, you're such a good God. Thank you for not leaving us alone in our sin. Thank you for making a way for us to get rid of the stale sin in our lives, for giving us fresh faith in Jesus. You know everything we've ever done, and yet you still come to us. You still offer us yourself, your spirit. Forgive us for when we fall short and help us to continue to live for you. In Jesus' name, amen. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. Thank you. <laughs>